1: perfect home sweet home
2: hello this is christian bush and welcome to episode two of geeking out my new podcast every episode is a new person talking about what they're obsessed with that has nothing to do with their job the only requirement is that they're totally geeking out on it and they want to talk about it from beekeeping to craft beer, from 80s TV shows to custom printed tennis shoes, from remodeling Airstream trailers to collecting Game of Thrones bobbleheads. Tell me what you love, why you love it, how you got into it, and what makes it awesome. Every episode's presented in three chapters. Chapter one, my guest and I talk about what they're obsessed with. Chapter two is a game I call Trajit, where my guest and I turn each other on to one thing that we've discovered. And Chapter 3 closes the show with me talking about music that I'm currently geeking out on and why. I believe that curiosity is contagious and that life is better with a soundtrack, so let's go. Chapter 1, today I visit with Mr. Brian Frazier.
1: Like the diagram.
2: Brian spent most of his life in the music business, first as a musician, then as a powerful record company executive, and now as an artist manager. I recently worked with him when I produced one of his artists, Lindsay L, who you just heard. In working with Brian, I was taken by his personality, his knowledge, and his excitement about the entire world around him. Also, it should be said that Brian is very tall. (laughs) He's fit with a full head of blonde hair, and has likely had to bend down to hug everyone in his life. So I'm here with Brian Frazier. Hey.
0: Hey. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to
2: be here. Uh, the podcast is currently happening in my uh, home in Nashville. Which so, is awesome, by the way. Yeah, would you like to describe it for podcasters?
0: Uh, sure. For I, I'm on the second floor, uh, right near where the stairs come up from the entryway. And I'm looking at a wall of vinyl records, and I don't think there's one up there that came out before, uh, let's see, Adman and Ants, probably 1980, 80 Thriller was what, 82, 83? He was explaining to me how whoever comes in can rotate out whatever records they want to play. They just put new ones up every time. Yeah. And I think it's just such a great, fun concept and just awesome.
2: Thank you. It was a way for me to avoid decorating my place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you, you've heard the rules of the podcast.
0: I, you, I was briefed on the rules by Whitney.
2: Okay, good. Whitney's here, actually. in the
0: Yeah, hi. We love having Whitney around.
2: Um, we want to talk about what you are totally geeking out on right now that is not your job. So first of all, you might want to just say what your job is. So the, the people can understand the distance
0: well, yeah, well, between think,
2: your job yeah, and no, maybe yeah. what you're going to pick.
0: Well, I mean, uh, I'm I mean, currently in my third career. My first career was as a musician. My second one was as a record label guy. I was the vice president of promotion at b Records, which was has since become Columbia Records, Nashville, under Sony uh, Music. And I now am at Red Light Management, and I I manage uh, Lindsay L, and I co-manage Craig Morgan, and I do radio promotion and marketing for whoever else on the Red Light roster might need it in terms of country radio.
2: What are you geeking out on right now?
0: Well, I'm geeking out on uh, jiu-jitsu, martial arts in general. Uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu currently, uh, but I have studied martial arts since I was 12 years old, and I'm 52. Uh, and uh, it's something my brother and I started when we were kids. My father got us into it. Uh, I found out later his logic, which was incredibly sound for about as much of a redneck as you can get in West Virginia. Uh, he he told me uh, when we were older, he said, I knew if I could get you boys into uh, the martial arts that you would always take care of your body and you'd always maintain a healthy lifestyle. Uh, if I could... Get you into this and you would fall in love with it, which both my brother and I did fall in love with. My brother actually has a school in Columbus, Ohio, and he's a very high ranking black belt in the Chuck Norris system and like literally goes to Chuck's ranch in Houston. Wait, wait, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> what? The Chuck Norris system? Yeah, it's UFAB, uh, United Fighting Arts Federation of America, uh, United Fighting Arts Federation. Uh, Chuck Norris's uh, system is called Chung Kuk Do. And it is based on Tang Sudo, which was a Korean martial art. And it's, a, it's, it's kind of like a, a taekwondo. There's a lot of high kicking, a lot of you know, punching, kicking, that kind of thing. And it's a, there originally was a big a point karate circuit that both my brother and I did uh, when we were younger. I, 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 I fought in tournaments all right up until my mid-30s. I was always training for or fighting in. Some kind of tournament of, of some sort.
2: Did the Chuck Norris system come before the movies, or did the movies?
0: Come well, here's the thing: a lot of people don't Norris understand system. about Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is the real deal, man. I mean, he is. He so he is, was doing that,
2: and then got put into the movies because that's what he, he, he did. He was a,
0: a world champion uh, competitive uh, uh, karate uh, fighter and and a kickboxer, and he was for real all the way around. And he Bruce Lee picked him to be in the movie. I think it's Return of the Dragon that he's in and they have this fight in the Coliseum and Bruce Lee had, he'd had written the movie uh, and Bruce actually handpicked Chuck to play the guy, the, the, his, his opponent, his, was uh, he his the, ba-
2: was Chuck the bad Chuck guy? was Chuck, the bad
0: guy in the movie. Huh. Right. So, okay. So there, there's an incredible scene. And as a musician, you will love it. That this is the thing about um, martial arts for me is especially with jujitsu. It's so, so many of the principles applied directly to music and your everyday life, and it's the principles and the concepts behind the techniques that work, that make them work, and if you understand the principles of why something works, you can apply it all across all areas of your life. You can apply it in music. If you understand why, uh, you know, this certain chord works over this harmonic structure or vice versa, then you can apply that in any key, right? what's well, it's the same thing with a, with a uh, martial arts technique. If you understand it, you understand the principle of why it works, and you're practiced to a level that you can execute it, then you can you just create on the spot. It's a whole world of creation and immediacy that happens when you're when you're when you're actually doing it. You know. So, uh, but anyway. So back to the musician part with Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee. They had uh, at the end of Return of the Dragon. There's this, this and I believe, it's Return of the Dragon. There's um, there's the fight scene, the final climactic fight scene between Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris, the characters, and they're in the Roman Colosseum, they're in the Colosseum at Rome, and You see, you can you can see this develop. Uh, At first, Bruce is his character is trying to fight the Chuck Norris style fight, and the music sounds a certain way. It's very (laughs) stiff. It's very staunch. You know, it's it's very very. um, um, It's predictable. The music is predictable, right? And then, so Bruce takes a couple of shots, and then he realizes. I've got to fight my own way. You can, if you know the concepts behind it, you can see the wheels turning <laughs> in the movie. Because Bruce Lee directed this, he shot the whole thing. And when he starts realizing that he needs to fight his way, his own and and express himself his own way, the music changes to a and then it's a real improvisational kind of like funky jazz, like that early seventies progressive jazz kind of sound. It goes. The music changes to that, and Bruce just starts he, – he's stopping every punch. He's hitting it, and then you see him defeat Chuck, and he's upset that he has to kill him in the end because this was such a worthy opponent, you know. It's, it's – <laughs> well, dude, I if you no know – if you understand the philosophy behind this, it is incredible to understand okay, how this that, is great. How that, that – you, you need to watch that movie, and even if you fast-forward to the last, like, 10, 15 minutes uh, to the Coliseum stuff – And watch that scene, understanding the concepts of how it was, why why they were doing it. Why all? I mean, and that that was at the time period in Bruce Lee's life when he was he had uh, he had just written uh, the kind of the philosophy, the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, and Jeet Kune Do was his style of martial arts that he developed. It's it's a way of the intercepting fist. And based <laughs> I on love, based on this the, they all sound like yeah. movies that Oh dude, everything I mean there's been movies made. So but it's uh, it's the the beautiful thing about uh, Bruce's uh, art, Jeet Kune Do, was that he he took all of the things that he found practical and worked from all the different fighting systems. He took a boxing stance, before you put your hands in boxing stance, he took that from boxing. He took Filipino uh, Kali, which is a, screamer, a stick fighting and knife fighting, and he applied that to empty hands so that you had trapping and, la, and la joint locks that he brought from Jiu Jitsu. And he studied with all the masters of these different things. He studied with Wally Jay, who was, uh, when I first started taking jiu-jitsu, uh, it was small circle jiu-jitsu, which is what Wally Jay is, was famous for. And Small, that's, small, small, circle? small circle means uh, um, um, using the smaller joint locks, like finger joint locks, um, um, you know, wrist locks, being able to, if you can, if I'm going to lock out a finger... Then I would. I'm, I'm trying to describe it so people can understand on the podcast. But oh, if I have it, if grabbing I have, your hand, if right I here grab my hand, hand and I push, I push on the top and I pull under the bottom and I create a small circle here. Then I get right into the joint of it and it causes pain, causes extreme pain. But it doesn't break it. It doesn't hurt me. It just hurts me for a while, so I can control the person, right? So, let me have your hand. Just so you, and we're gonna take two fingers, okay. right? So you just you can I, feel it. So you can feel it. I this.
1: just
2: filled out my insurance today.
0: today. Okay, you see, you feel that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. see the push, and yeah. here's the pull. So I'm here. Oh yeah. And I, mean, I just yeah, I'll do whatever and you, can you need. Feel, it at that you feel, point. The, <laughs> you feel the pain, but it, now you're fine. You're okay. Right, right, right. You're not hurting. Me. But you could move my body around. I can make you do what I want you to do. How,
2: how many people that you work with on a day to day basis even have any idea that this is what you do?
0: None, really. I don't really. I have never talked about it. This is the first time I've ever talked about it in any kind of forum bigger than one or two people.
2: Uh, before we, we we sat down today, mm-hmm. I, I did the, the the least amount of research I could because mm-hmm. I wanted you to teach me. <laughs> and, As well, you should. And, and, that's the and, way to go. And, well, it's 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 because I want to be just like my listeners, which are you know turn me on to it. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I did is I and the only thing I did was pull it up on Wikipedia and mm-hmm. jujitsu. Uh, am I saying it correctly? Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu. jiu-jitsu. Yeah,
0: there's... there's uh, it, it, that and, then, was, and it
2: seems like that's a, it's a family tree. Yes, it, it's a, a huge family tree. Huge the branches family come family. off and the leaves come off the branches. That's, and right. that's right. But jiu-jitsu is originally about uh, combat mm-hmm. against someone who is in armor mm-hmm. and uh, may or may not have a weapon. Mm-hmm. And the person who is performing jiu-jitsu does not. Yes, you, it's close hand combat mm-hmm. for people who are armored. Yes, from someone who is not armored.
0: Yeah, is, it based, is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's, that is correct. It's uh, true combat jujitsu. Now, my first uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu is in combat jiu-jitsu. I'm a fourth degree black belt in combat jujitsu. I'm a fourth degree black belt in Ishinryu Karate, and I'm currently a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Combat jiu-jitsu is really is a kind of a Japanese style jujitsu. And it was uh, based off of, uh, actually goes all the way to India. There are wrestling styles in India 2, 2,500, 3,000 years ago that migrated into China and then migrated down into Japan. And uh, the samurais developed jujitsu, as you would know and as you read about it. They developed it because of the armor. So if you are striking somebody and you're hitting armor, you're hitting a face mask, you're going to hurt yourself too. You can't strike against this armor. But the things that you can control are the joints, the joints of the wrist, the joints of the elbow, shoulder, the knees, the ankles, the hips. There's all kinds of different, where the body is flexible. Um, So if somebody has on a suit of armor and they're wielding a sword or a bow and arrow or whatever, they still have to have the mechanics to bend their arms and swing them and all that stuff, so the joints are free. So that's why they developed the system of joint manipulation. To that's that's when I say lock, I mean I'm locking your wrist out in a certain way that it causes you pain, and it it either it, it overextends the tendons or it it's the uh, the cartilage stuff separates it in the joint, it it turns the, your elbow or your wrist away that it's not supposed to go, and it causes the pain. Now you can break that. If you move very fast, I can decide I want to go really fast, hit that really quick, and break it, pop it, because of the force, the momentum, and the angles on the wrist. Or, I can choose to hold that right at that point where it hurts really, really bad, and you will stop doing You know, I can kind of control <laughs> what you do. I,
2: I love this because you're one of the kindest men I know, and I just had no idea. that. Oh, I mean, had men, yeah. That, uh, yeah. So, so, what did it feel like to grow up knowing how to fight and really never having... Have you, have you had to fight outside the Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Outside yeah. the competition? I mean, it never the, was the
0: competition. <laughs> but, I mean, here's the thing, man. After fighting so many tournaments in my early 30s and stuff, when I was competing against trained people, and then, you know, just, you know, little altercations and shit that happens when you're, you know, in your mid-20s and you're drunk in a bar and somebody doesn't something ugly to a friend of yours um those after you've done a few of those you realize that you're you just feel like man you just feel like a freaking panther walking among gazelles (laughs) you're just allowing it to happen
2: just let it just letting letting the bad
0: behavior just just letting it go be cool man so but but what it does and is it makes me uh i don't get Freaked out, and I, and, and I don't. It hel- it's helped me in business so much because I, I can stay calm. I, I'm not. I don't. It doesn't. I don't get too worked up over anything, you know. In in pressure situations, because you're always in pressure situations, um, and it's beautiful in in when you're training. Like if, I, I, if I'm stressed about something, and I go to work out and i'm rolling with a guy that is probably going to put me to sleep or is is like really you know these guys are so much better than me these days and they're young they're 20 years younger and if i'm not focused on what's happening in the moment then i don't this is not gonna nothing's gonna last very long you know, they're gonna kill me right so i have to i have to pay attention well what it does is it forces me to let go of everything else that's bothering me so i spend an hour hour and a half training hard, working on technique, sparring. And, and the beautiful thing about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, one of the reasons that it makes you so effective is that you can train at almost full speed all the time and not get hurt because it's wrestling, it's, it's grappling, it's your your, your, your body positioning, you're, you're trying to work three and four moves ahead to get this guy to give you something you know you want three four moves ahead. It's like chess, man. It's like, It's <laughs> like human chess, you know? So it's so intellectual, and it's so physical at the same time. I, I've never found anything that is its equal in terms of being intellectual and physical at the same time with such intensity. So when you're done and you're just wasted and you just, you're, you're sitting there and your ass feels about like 30 pounds of chewed bubble gum. And you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, my God. Uh, uh, and you're kind of shaking because you've worked so hard. You're just completely relaxed. And I just I really believe that people need they need things that are hard in their life. There need things that don't that they have to struggle to achieve, in order to really, to really know what that is and what how it can relate to other parts. It'll make them better in every part of their life. I mean, man, you know, I, I've been struggling to learn Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. On top, of, I mean, I've studied martial arts for years, but Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is a freaking mystery to me. Still, it's just baffling to me, and I've been doing it now for eight, almost nine years. And it, and at this age, you know, and and it's one of those things that my body has to learn it. I have, my sensitivity has to be developed to feel this move here and to think three moves ahead and to to be able to do that. And it that requires time on the mat. And I you know if I don't get the time on the mat, then I ha- I fall back and I have to start over. I kind of have to rebuild again. But it it's it's that struggle of learning it that is so fulfilling because then when you start you start seeing results. It's like, man, you know, I I did that because in, especially in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it either works or it doesn't, and nobody gives you anything. You are either respected on the mat because you work hard and you try hard. You don't need to win, but you need to work hard and you need to try hard. And if you, um, if you are, are putting in the time and you're working hard, everybody there will support you and be, and have your back at every turn no matter what because they know you're trying you know if you don't try you don't stick around them it's a really pure true thing that you cannot um, can't argue your way you out you can't of. argue your way There's out no of fake news you can't it. say i would have done this or i would have done that it's all bullshit and everybody knows it too yeah. it's either you either can do it or you can't and if you can't do it then you need to be working towards the ability to do it the right way or to to find the truth in what you're doing and i think that that has so much to do with life that it that's what I love about it. It's just a beautiful thing to to have. I mean, there's so few things in this world that we can count on that are absolutely true. Like, I know black and white truth when that stuff works and when it doesn't.
2: chapter two in every episode of Geekin' out i see if i can trade one thing i've discovered with one thing that my guest has discovered a friendly exchange i call it trade you i'm going to trade you one thing that i've discovered it just so happens i discovered it this past week um i came across pillows that are cold Oh, yeah. Stay cold no, pillows.
0: Have you... I have been dreaming of this. Let me tell you something, dude. I, for like three years ago, I went to a showcase during CRS that Big Machine put on. And the parting gift was this giant stay like pillow, but memory foam, but it's cold on one side pillow. Yeah. To this day, I fight my wife with that pillow. Okay. I, that's my pillow. So that's I've, I've pillow. got
2: something for you. They have The technology has gone one step further. So it's no longer the the gel pillow or the... Uh, The Stay Foam, the NASA pillow. Um, It's now... uh, Here's this one. Here, I'm going to show you a picture of it. It's called a Hydrolux Air, and it is a straight-up feather pillow, right? Mm -hmm. And it stays cold. And I don't know how it does it, but it has to do with pressure. But it really works. It really works. like... The, uh, you put your head on it, and
0: I. Do you have to do anything to prep it first? No, I just, do nothing. It's just a pillow. It's,
2: no, it's, I'm like in my mind. You, you know, like remember how we used to have to put the rice things in the microwave yeah, and yeah, that yeah, or would or heat whatever, them up. Yeah, or or maybe the cold packs when you hurt yourself while mm, you're yeah. jujitsuing, <laughs> right? Is that because it's a verb? Yeah. And um, you would crack it and put it on your shoulder. This stuff, you literally lay on it, and it it's cold. It is so important to me now that I'm thinking of replacing more than just one You've pillow. got to
0: send me a link to that so yeah. I can I can get one of those. Uh, it, That's amazing. Hydralux
2: Air is what it is. It's the one I tried.
0: Air. This sounds silly.
2: No, there's no such thing. Well, as
0: silly. it makes I don't know. I do you ever spend any time on Pinterest?
2: You know what? Um I when Pinterest first started, I, I tried
0: Pinterest. and you do. I do. I love it. I swear to God, I love Pinterest. There's so much cool guy stuff on there. There's like great motorcycles and just, and I will go down the rabbit hole. If I'm really just kind of want to veg out and I just want to kind of just, I just want to kind of do dumb stuff, you know, what are your searches? Like, um, I mean, I would tell I, you what mine is, but here's the thing. It's weird for b- because one it's an intuitive website it, and, and and I know Pinterest is a thing that people know about it. I don't know. But for me, I've only in the last month or two become just enamored with it. But it's a, you, it, after you've searched so many different things, it picks stuff for you and it just feeds you the things that you, it thinks that you will like. And And it's it's usually usually so right. It is so right with me. I'm like, and then I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my God, if somebody saw my Pinterest page, what kind of person would they think I am? Because there's just all kinds. There's like survival gear on there. There's Jeep stuff. There's motorcycles. or tattoos. I know? That's,
2: that's the one thing I do. I actually I, look for I, tattoos.
0: Because I, 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 I've started working on this tattoo I've got going on here, this sleeve. And I have three lions on my arm, and it's uh, my myself, my wife, and my son. And it's just about the connection between the three of us. And mm-hmm. then there, it's the religious thing with the, the, the trinity. And the, it, it Did just, this come from just, Pinterest? Did... Uh, no. But I got the idea of putting the red overlay on the black from pinterest i found it it's called uh, it's called uh, a trash polka art style it was started in germany and if you look that up on pinterest there are the coolest tattoos trash trash polka. polka t-r-a-s-h i love P-O-L-K-A. it o-l-k-a trash polka and you look that up on Pinterest and there's just the coolest stuff. I
2: right? accept your trade because I'm I, that's what I use Pinterest for is to look for tattoos. Well look
0: up Trash Polka and you will see some of the coolest freaking tattoos you've ever seen in your life.
2: Well thank you for being here, man. Yeah. I think I, I, I love me. hearing about your life and I now know a lot more about jujitsu and I will keep you near me in a bar.
0: <laughs> All <right>. Sounds good.
2: <laughs> Chapter three The Clavinet. Because Brian Fraser was our guest today, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about a track from his artist Lindsey L's album that I love. I produced Lindsey's album, The Project, and I actually have the individual tracks here to her song, Mint. And I'd like to use them to tell you about one of my favorite instruments, the clavinet. What is it? Well, it's a keyboard. It's a vintage keyboard that makes a unique sound. You probably know what it is because you've heard it play in your whole life at the beginning of Stevie Wonder's Superstition. The clavinet, or clav, while it looks and plays like a keyboard with white and black keys, the sound that comes from it is actually exactly like an electric guitar. That's because it actually has guitar strings in it, and it gets plucked, and every time the keystroke comes down, there's a pickup there, just like an electric guitar, so it can distort and feed back and do all the amazing tricks that a guitar player does. Why, you ask, would you put a clavinet, or in this case, many clavinets, on a song where the artist is such an amazing guitar player? Well, the answer is, because it sounds so cool! Also, because it might make you dance. Here, let me pull up the tracks, let's listen the idea was it was so groovy that we just had to have Brianna play clavinet kind of in the Stevie Wonder style there it is in your left ear and then that's a guitar in your right ear and there's Lindsay in the middle playing lead and then the whole band comes in See how they all bounce off each other and make you kind of (laughs) dance. And there, you see why we use a clavinet. Go out and pick up Lindsay L's album, The Project. Download it, stream it, buy it, give it to your friends. It makes great gifts. Also, thank me later because this lady is incredible we're a,
1: men, like a Benjamin, fresh the print. baby with timeless like a classic song it don't matter how long we may scratch we may weather we may
2: bend a bit
1: but our unconditional love's got one condition to it baby
2: it i hope you enjoyed this episode of geekin out and we are already hard at work on the next one Are you obsessed with something amazing? Want to tell us about it? Write to us at geekingoutwithkb at gmail.com, and you might be a guest on an upcoming episode. Come find out more about me and this podcast at christianbush.com. Christian with a K, people. Follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Christian Bush on Instagram, Christian Bush on Facebook, and Christian M. Bush on Snapchat. Thanks to Bobby Bones for the opportunity to make this podcast. Brandon Bush for making the soundtrack and assembling the pieces. Tom Tapley for audio wizardry. And Whitney Pastrick for being a great producer and making this whole thing possible. This is Christian Bush geeking out. Thank you for listening.
1: your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply you've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately well toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle we've got hybrids no plug All needed right, let's go. but we also have plug-in hybrids if that's your thing <laughs> you can even go 100 electric in the toyota bz4x with so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified.
2: Oh, oh, oh.
1: Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash zero.